Alrighty, thank you for listening as always to Creekcast Podcast here. This is David. Um, happy to have you here as always. Um, I guess we could say happy to have you here, but um, it's a, it's not the most fun episode to be um, getting into, but one that just feels needed to kind of distill thoughts and opinions and everything um, in between, really, with the whole, you know, Ken Hinckley discourse at the moment. Um Ken Hinckley, the board, Warren Treadray, all the stuff that's been happening this week has really blown up beyond uh, anything we've seen before um, in the current tenure of coaching. I know, you know Ken Hinckley, should he be coaching or not, has been a discussion at multiple times in his tenure, which is a an issue in of itself um, regarding his tenure at Port Adelaide. Um, I'm not here to, to bag Hinckley as a person or bag... David Kosh as a person or any of any of the people here I want to try to kind of just talk for half an hour or so or it'll probably end up being more you know me um about what's going on and try to do it in the most human and you know just uh I guess mature way as possible because I think that's what sometimes unfortunately gets missed on social media is we just get a little bit you know you can get personal about people with when the issue isn't anything about their personal character you know and things come up about someone that's doing something wrong at a human level, you know, go at it. You know, you can attack the character of a person if they've put their character out there to be um, questioned. But I think uh, when it comes to just, you know, positions of coaching or playing or anything like that, you know, it's just we got, we got to try and keep it above, you know, at a reasonable level of, uh, you know, maturity because um, I think sometimes you get lost in the weeds of, of things when you start getting personal and just trying to make personal attacks. It gets all a little bit, ugly when you can actually just have a mature discussion about it in the middle so that's what I'm going to try to do um, and try to kind of just put my thoughts out there about what's going on because I certainly am not happy with the direction of the club at the moment and I think that's um, a, a general consensus, consensus kind of thing you know a lot of the opinions I see from the Port Adelaide fans on Twitter I, I certainly agree with um, sometimes I just don't agree with the some of the the certain names people used to do to call some of the people in, whether they be the coach of the club or the president of the club, you know, it's just, yeah, you know, just don't, you know, kind of, you, you lose your message sometimes when you go, go into the, uh, the personal name calling on, on such a matter that is of such importance to the future of a football club. So, but you know, I, I agree with your sentiment. I understand why you're there, I guess is, is the main point there. You know, I'm not, not attacking those people that name call or anything either. Cause I understand the passion behind that. And, uh, you know, it's just not the way I do things. Um, in that in that respect, I certainly call other footy clubs cunts, as as, as some fans of other footy clubs don't like me to do. Um, and and hence why this is known as the shittest Port Adelaide podcast, apparently. Um, but you know, it's it's just you know just where it comes to matters of of the club that I support and the club that I love, and and you know bleed you know heart and soul. Put it all goes into it. I just don't. You know, I try to try to keep it a bit more matter of fact um, when it comes to matters like this because I just think it's um, important for the discourse to have some, you know, kind of just have a have a chat about it without getting into too much name calling and he he said she said all that kind of stuff because unfortunately that's happening enough um, between some members of the club and and members that are and people that are passionate about the club outside of that as well. So yeah, we'll get into it and. Um, I try to do it in a in somewhat of a structured format, although as I like to do, I like to kind of just chat and get my thoughts out there and let let me and let my ramble kind of get my point across. But um, I will just start with kind of putting out my thoughts, and then I'll get into the 
get into the weeds of what's been going on with um, other people regarding our club, whether it be Kosh, you know, Koshy's comments, Treadray's comments, and and other and other players and and coaches and whatnot. So yeah, we'll get into it, and, and I'll just start off with my own opinion on it, and then get into the rest of it, and I'll express my opinion on those on those opinions as well. Okay, yes. Yeah, so my thoughts on English, I've, I've people have listened to the podcast for a. A uh, long time, um, or the last couple of years, as I've been doing it, will know a general idea of where my trust in, is in Hingley. I, you know, had my questions about his game plan at times over the past few years. Certainly after the the Western Bulldogs loss, um, I had my some deep questions about just where we are as a side, as far as our identity and and just how we prepare and what what coaching goes into, you know, such a performance. Um, last year, certainly they got they the questions became more pronounced and I was freely on, on record as, as stating that my opinion is we, uh, the best decision is probably to move on at some point soon. Um, but you know, that just hasn't happened yet. Um, you know, I'm not, this is the thing and I get so annoyed because I've, I've had the, the, the real trolley, um, assholes on Twitter that have come out, come after me and called me a Hinkley apologist when I've literally got tweets out there as well as a, you know, and they say they listen to the podcast, and they say that, um, and good day to you, um, as always, <laughs> you fucking idiot, um, that say that no, no, what you say is you're you, you're defending Hinkley, and it's just like, what's annoying is I can't say that he's he's a decent because like, even Treadray and the, all these people are like, oh Treadray, you know, Treadray said Ken in his latest radio bit said Ken's a bloody good coach, and that's the truth of it, he's a good coach. Is he a good head coach? Is it, is he a great head coach? Is he is he the one that can get us over the hump because you know he's he's been there for so long? I don't think so. I, I don't believe that anymore, and I haven't really believed that for a fair while. I you know I've got renewed hope and optimism in twenty twenty certainly, and we're very close in that final. But ultimately, it felt like we possibly should have been better in that final, and again maybe that should have been coaching. Um, and certainly, uh, twenty twenty one was an aberration in that in that preliminary final against the Bulldogs, and and inexcusable. Um, and he joins a select group of coaches that have had two preliminary finals in a row at home, and lost both. And there's not many coaches in that list. I, I don't have a list in front of me. I remember seeing it at the time. Um, but you know, there's there's just certain things that have happened over his course, and and particularly the fact that no coach has ever gone this long and had this long as a leash and had you know, a couple of decent little goes at regenerating the list and without success. And we're now in the process of, again, going down the bottom of the roller coaster. And I just think that, you know, precedent is in any sport, no coach gets this kind of tenure. Um, even the, you know, there's the famous case of how long it took Alex Ferguson to um, get Manchester United up and running um, and start winning trophies. I think it was seven years. Um, it's longer than that now. It's well longer than that. He's in his 11th season. Um you know, it's just, it doesn't mean that maybe he couldn't go somewhere else and just get lucky with a list and, and win a premiership. It wouldn't preclude that, this from being the right decision to move on. And that's just my opinion. I just think ideas and stuff grow stale. And unless there's, and then we just don't have any evidence that he's got a plan moving forward beyond try to keep recruiting and list management's been doing a great job and list management's been, been doing everything. Like, it's not like he hasn't been given really everything he can to try to, you know, we go out and get a Lear Lear to try to add that extra piece to the defense and that works for a little bit, but then, um, you know, and, and it still will work. He's, he's going to be around for a while yet. 
um, and he's a great defender. Um, you know, Alir Alir, uh, you know, getting Paddy Ryder um, was meant to be that piece. Charlie Dixon was meant to be that piece. And all these guys come in and we have some modicum of success for a little bit, and um, but then Paddy Ryder gets moved on, and then we go get Slickot Lice at the Premiership Ruckman from the West Coast Eagles. He's the next one. We keep going out and getting guys. Arazio Fantasia, Jason Warren Francis, and Junior Rioli just recently. And there's guys I'm missing there as well. And it just hasn't happened. So we've had, he's been given the, you know, everything from list management that we can. Um, you know, the off-field stuff's been going great. Um, as far as off-field, I mean, like, you know, refurbishment and then continued um, renewal of the of the club headquarters. So it's not that the club hasn't really put everything down on the table and, and is even going beyond that to the fighting, the, you know, the prison bar stuff and all that stuff. The club has tried to provide everything there and it's just we just you know the coaching just hasn't lived up to it and, the, and you know now we're in a lull after you know we had our first couple of years where we got you know was really exciting and and new and great and we got to a prelim and and very unlucky not to get to the grand final and i, I still maintain the belief and who, who knows bias whatever that if we get through that hawthorne preliminary final in 2014 we go on and beat sydney in that final and um but you know that's that didn't happen and that's just the that's just the way of the world in that sense and um and then we have a little lull and then we come back and then we have that 2017 um preliminary fi- uh, preliminary final uh, uh elimination final loss and again um a little bit of a lull for a couple of the years and that's probably the 2018 2019 was really when i was just like no it's just it's too long in the tooth already at this point um and i was ready to move on at that point but then, you know, 2020 happens and COVID and all that stuff and we have a good year and get to a prelim and, and you know, you get a real little bit of renewed hope and I was like, okay, you know, give him a... And, he's, he just, and then we signed him on at the end of 2020, which was, you know, we... I think there was a few people even at that point after that loss was just um, like, you know, there was still the people saying, do we want to be signing this guy on for another period of time? But we did. Um, and then, you know, 2021 was a good year, but ends in, an, again, an aberration and... I just think at this point there's been so it's been so long um so much time put into this coach and and he's had a bevy of assistants and everyone going in and out the door and I just think it's time and that's my personal opinion on it is that and uh we'll get into the comments and everything that's been going on the last few days um in a moment but just it's not that I think he's a bad bloke or anything like that and we certainly see the players still are at least publicly or some of the players that are facing the media are supportive and I guess we've just got to take that for what it is and actually put some of the onus on them it needs to go on them but at the end of the day um, you know being a good bloke and a decent coach because um, obviously his coaching pedigree um, previous to Port was a pretty decent role as an assistant coach at Geelong and, and then Gold Coast and um, you know you can be a decent coach but not a great coach and there's plenty of those that get around the AFL and um, and that's where I just think he's at. He's just—he's not going to be um, the guy that leads us to the to the premiership. I don't think he's going to be here in 2024. So what are we doing right now? I guess is is where I'm at with it. But um, that's my personal opinion on it. Like I said, I think he's had some good years with us. Um, we've had some rough years, but at this point, um, and as Treadway said, and as we get, we'll get into, it's um, it just feels untenable. It just feels like it's a breaking point and. And it feels like it's been building and bubbling for a long time because, you know, the first sign, real signs of discontent probably came even, you know, 2016 uh, was two years of um, out in the wilderness after a couple of successful years and people were like, okay, is, is the ideas growing stale? But, 
you know, and then but then 2018-2019 um, was really when you started to see the the discontent build. Now that's four or five years ago, and now we're here. And so people have been stretched real thin with this. Um, you know, some people have been on the you know he should have been gone a long time ago thing for a while, and their points are valid, and that's why that's why we're at this this real breaking point right now of of the real stress and discontent from the fans and the members versus and even you know former players as well versus some of the other former players and board and all that stuff and we're at this point is because this has been happening this has been bubbling for so long so let's uh let's get into it now like before we even get into uh just what the game uh, what the situation is it's it, i mean this all stems from a poor performance um once again in a game that was billed in a you know almost finals like build up with the the prison bars and all that stuff and and you just see the same patterns uh, forming over and over again that whenever a big game comes up we seem to talk the talk and not walk the walk and that's been very much a line that's used been used by a few people in the media this week um no, no, you know none bigger than uh, obviously Warren Treadray's comments that have come out a couple of times this week but this this all stems from a performance that was Sadly, all Port fans, I think, went into the showdown this week hopeful of a win, hopeful of a bounce back from that pretty um, rough uh, performance against Collingwood that started raising the questions immediately again, uh, despite the performance against Brisbane the previous week, which just shows where the discontent's at. That's the thing. If you've got the trust of the members and the fans and all that stuff, if you beat Brisbane well the first week and if you get blown out by Collingwood the next week, there's not going to be the issue of... uh, fan discontent the way it is but because there's such a distrust and tiredness from the fans and the members and and co about where the ken hinkley tenure is at is it doesn't matter what you do against brisbane um if you just back it up so poorly the next week the questions will start again but then if you then back that up once again with a performance against uh, the crows that backs that really doubles down on the on the uh, malaise that has settled over the fans and the members and all that stuff, then it's really just going to kick off. And and there's nothing bigger than when we finally get the 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 permission, not that we should need it, uh, to wear the prison bars in in the game, um, and then put a, put in a performance like that again. The Guernsey's just you know one part of it. It's just it does kind of accentuate the issue though um, when you see a port team perform so poorly in that kit really i think that's the the the, uh, the problem there um is it's not that we uh you know it's just it's just it's, it's just a poor look it's, it's it's the aesthetics of um of losing in such a way in that kit just it just kind of really i think pushed home some of the issues for some people maybe that weren't even quite there yet um i've even seen some comments on twitter from people that you know just like oh, i've never been the most vocal and i've you know they've supported ken um, which is their right to do. Um, not that they're saying they've supported Ken and, and like like blindly, they're just saying they've been on the side of hoping that things would, you know, that he could get there and, and having some belief in the system. It's nothing to go after him about. Um, opinions are what they are. Um, but you've even seen some of those kind of people this week just being like, no, it's just it's just I'm tired of it. Like they've they've done their best to to be on board with it, and it's just it's just not there. So. Um, you know the performance, and the sad thing about it was just so familiar. It was, uh, you know, playing down to the opposition a little bit, um, not having the desire and the hunger to to hunt the ball and and create and you know gather your own ball and do all that stuff that um, we expect out of a 
a Port Adelaide team. And then, and so that results in the performance that we had, um, the the just embarrassing show that was the end of that game as well. When we were in a position to win the game right near, you know, halfway through that last quarter, we were, we were four points up. You know, that power pepper snap should have been a like, you know, a, you know, a moment that we would look back on and say this is when we took control. You know, especially when we were, we were a couple of kicks behind and we get we get back into the game, and then we just let it go again and. That's just to me that that is something we've seen too much of um, in recent times over recent years. Um, even the years that we were playing, um, you know, playing in finals, some of those games against good teams, where we kick right back, we kick back into it. But then that's all we do: we kick back into it and then let them, you know, gather the momentum again and go on and win the game. Um, and so that's just where we're at, and it's it's just an unfortunate aspect of uh, the showdown that. Um, uh, that we we were confident going in that we could get a win, but then we come out of it and go, "Geez, that was familiar and 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 sadly not surprising at all." And uh, and then that kicks if kicks off into the into the week that's been since. Alrighty, so the, the real stuff that's kicked off this week has been um, Treadray with his uh, the Big Deal uh, podcast, which is uh, focused on sports and business but he he, can, he did a little 20 minute podcast and it's worth it's worth listening to and i think he pretty much hits the nail on the head with a lot of things and um and i think sometimes the clickbaity uh headlines that come out of it come out come across a bit like a bit more uh well clickbaity um <laughs> that you know he he really was quite measured and reasoned in in how he spoke of the issues and he he essentially said he just said you know the plan doesn't seem to get through to the players um poor like i'm just going to run through a few notes that i had here that um you know, he said Port in theory should be a five goal better side than Adelaide is what we've been told that they are, and more or less f- form and whatnot recently has has said that as well. But then, uh, you know, it just it didn't go to plan. Um, and he, and he, this is the thing, like with how he's trying to talk about the Ken Hinckley stuff, he does try, he does reason with the with the idea that you know he just say the AFL as the professional league it is today is not the same as the SNFL when we're winning, you know, flag after flag after flag at times. Um, he does, he does understand that he's, it, it's, and that's not like the expectation for Port has always been, you know, we, we want to be competing for premierships. That's our heritage. And that's what we, that's what we want to be doing. But the very base level, it's that we want to see competitiveness. And I think most Port fans in the modern era understand the ups and downs of, of footy and whatnot, but we just want to see when we've got it. And I think that's been the biggest frustration is that we have a list that is being underutilized. Um, and I think that's where um, a lot of this frustration comes from. Um, but where Treaders really hits home beyond, um, you know, because a lot of this talk was actually not just about Ken, it was actually about the club itself. Um, you know, he, he says he just he just thinks it's time for Ken to move on. And he, he does say, again, um, on a lot of different things, he said Ken's a good coach. He does say that a few times. But it's time to move on. But really, where a lot of the uh, the podcast comes comes from is um, Treadray talking about the disconnect between the club and fans, and the fact that it just he feels it there, and he and in from his talkings to people that he knows, and you know, obviously his connection to the club, he he feels that really strongly now. And he's he said himself, he's never felt more dis- disconnected from the club than he does now. Now this is the this is our one AFL Premiership captain talking. Um, you know, one of the most successful players in our history. Uh, when you talk about his achievements at the AFL level, as well as winning a 
um, SNFL premiership in his in his younger years as well. Um, you know, and he talks about the lack of ruthlessness, the stuff that we would have we used to see at Port Adelaide um, as a way of running the club to instill that idea of greatness and and that and that expectation. He sees that that has been gone. It's both off field and on field, and and that's the thing. If the off field product is a little bit has taken that edge off, then it's going to see through to the on field product as well. And I think that's what we've seen probably the last few years. Is even with this list that's been great, and even in when we've been making finals, when the push comes to shove, the toughness isn't there, and um, the ruthlessness isn't there, both on field and then off field. Um, so it's cool. It's all like a symbiotic relationship, really. Um, and the daring calls aren't being made. Um, and it shouldn't be just, and Treadway said like this week, he's just like, it's business as usual at the club is what he heard. And he's just like, it shouldn't be, this shouldn't be a business as usual kind of week. Um, so it's just, you know, the tough calls need to be made. Um, the other thing this, and as an aside to this, the, the podcast came out, but then later on that, that evening, he was on the five double A show as well. And I, I really, um, thought what um i mean we saw that you know scott hodges texted into and said we should retire the the guernsey i'm not like i'm not on board with that but i think it does speak to the speak to the disconnect a little bit to the former players at at times that um a guy like scott hodges is texting in something like that and that's how embarrassed he was watching that and that's that's a valid point as well um he's one of my favorite all-time players my first favorite player scotty hodges so um anything he says um needs to be listened to because that guy understands what it means to play for that Guernsey. Um, but the one thing that I really found interesting in that chat, so we've got the podcast, Treadrace podcast releases on um, the Monday, um, and then what we hear uh, later that evening um, on 5AA Sports Show, um, Treadray goes on there as well, and he uh, he goes on to say, no, no, it's not, sorry, it's not Treadray, it's um, Geneva says he says, you know, brings up something that Jack Cale used to say, um, and that he had a theory that after eight years, you know, it's grown with its tail, you're losing, you lo- your message is losing its luster, and he said, you know, Jack had two, eight year, he had an eight year and a nine year stint, you know, he had his eight years and he left, and then he came back and after, after he began and, and had another nine years, and both periods were successful, but, you know, this is one of the greatest coaches in our history, um, and he has a theory that, you know, after eight years, he's some, maybe it's just grown old, you know. And maybe that was back then, and maybe now you could, but you know, well, the, the proof is important. We no coach has gone on this long, apart from Inkley, um, with that, without the success. You know, no coach has had that tenure. So, you know, maybe maybe that message is, maybe that's, maybe that's something to be you know, listened to, and uh, again, kind of supports what people are saying. Now, personally, I found all this commentary totally fine and valid. Um, I thought, and I think I encourage you if you haven't listened to it, because I've just paraphrased very quickly a 20 minute old podcast into a few minutes and then given my thoughts. Um, but, uh, and that's the big deal, um, podcast, uh, it's got Warren Trudeau's face on it. You can't miss it. Um, but, uh, I just found it all quite a level headed and when it's someone, and this is the thing, and when it's someone that's come from that pedigree and look, you know, Trudeau's had his other things going on in his life the last couple of years with um, stances on certain things. And, you know, we don't all agree with that and that's fine. But, you know, when it comes from someone that's been so integral to the club, um, the club's history, um, he's grown up at the club, he's a father-son player essentially with the club. Um, there's a weight to those kind of words. And, and obviously, you know, con- you know, 
winning the sorry I was going to about say common medalist but you know I know that he, he kicked 82 goals in our premiership year like you know these days 82 goals in any year is going to be uh, pretty fantastic but uh, um, you know he this is the kind of guy that just was kicking bags for a few years and was an All-Australian centre forward, beating out some pretty big players in that role as well. And obviously, ultimately, our Premiership captain. Um, you know, and, and a real true Port Adelaide leader, the way he led and the way he his passion for the club and, and all that stuff. What he means to the club means that his words carry weight. Um, and I apologise if you're hearing dogs barking in the background. Um, but, you know, his words carry weight in that sense. And... Um, we have to, we have to kind of listen to that with a little bit more intent than we would, um, you know, the, the, the countless voices that are outside of that. And I guess you can say that also, that, you know, your Kane Corns carries weight. But I think, you know, when we see Kane's media performance, and you know, I'm not potting Kane here, but you know, he does. There is a little bit more of a sensationalist aspect to what he does, um, and and certainly people will point out his hypocrisies at plenty of times as well in how he handles certain his his uh, commentary on certain players versus other players and certain coaches versus other coaches because he was putting the pressure on Luke Beveridge a couple of weeks ago and um, now he's trying to say that you know what what we're on saying is just you know is gobbledygook and shouldn't be said so you know there's there's what and I, and I think you know Treadray Station in as a Port Adelaide legend is still above where Kane Corns is at um you know Kane had a great playing career here but you know Treadray's connection to Port Adelaide is very different still so um you know when a week like this starts obviously with the loss already and the fan discontent was at an all-time high and you saw it with the the calls that came into the radio station that day and you can go back and listen to the 5AA from that night as well and Treadray's on there and they, they mentioned Scott Hodges texting through and all the and all the like, you know, allude to the social media commentary and all that stuff after the game, and you and you can you just get the feel. And I don't know all of us that were if anyone that was on Twitter or Instagram or anything like that understand what the what the kind of the feeling was and the and the atmosphere was in those areas, and and it certainly wasn't positive. So we get it, but um, you know, Dreaders has kind of tapped into all that. He he has his connections within the club, even if he does feel disconnected from the from the club's administration at the moment. He still has connections to plenty of former players and. And he certainly mentions um, in the podcast as well that his his run at the board was uh, was instigated from chats with Darren Cale, who was the one that's stepping down. That was the position that was open, and Darren Cale he suggested it from the sounds of things, and and at least encouraged it and said, "Look, you know, have a crack and and um, see what happens." And and Dredd has chatted to him about it, so he had a, he, these connections there. But he seems to be frozen out from really having any any um, kind of meaningful discussion with the stakeholders there at the moment and certainly Akoshas and stuff like that he mentions um in the later in just last night's interview on 5AA and I'll get to that but he, he hasn't spoken to Kosh really in years and and that's quite sad really because you know I think uh, the president of our club should be openly in dialogue with players such as Treadray regardless of whether they agree or not it's it encourages better administration of a club or a, or whether it be countries or whatever you know better administration happens when you have conflicting ideas come together and then you then you work out your best way forward from that so you know it just it just speaks to the disconnect there and why there's such a disconnect between administration and fans and former players as well um when you're hearing comments like this from a someone with the stature in our club such as Treadra. and um you know if those that are still sitting there and i know some people call them the happy clappers and whatever and, and it's meant very derogatory and i'll just say that just those that 
are in that kind of ilk that just still think, oh, you just blindly support the club. You need to listen to go like, because you know, there's the Facebook pages and all that stuff that just don't don't allow any discussion like that. And that's fine. That's you know, if you're a minister of Facebook page, you can do it however you like. But when you've got players like Treadray talking the way they are, then you need to start really standing up and just thinking about where your position is on the club and and you know make your voice heard a little bit because I think um, you know the white noise can only be ignored for so long as a uh, Co refer to it as so yeah anyway we should get to the comments from Kosh as well because I have some thoughts about how he's handled it because I think um, ironically he's uh, stepped into the territory that he used to uh, used to um, admonish Eddie Maguire for uh, so regularly back in the past alrighty so then we see um Koshi does his weekly appearance on uh, David Will in the mornings on 5AA and and uh, obviously after the comments and the podcast and everything that came from um, um, traders and, and various um, parties on uh, during the week, uh, Koshi was obviously going to be asked about this. Now this is, I, I take some umbrage with some of the ways that uh, Koshi handled this because I think he, and I get that he's in, he's in, he is in the business of entertainment, Koshi, as well, but he is also our president, and he has a responsibility to present in a certain way on the radio. And I know, unfortunately, the breakfast radio guys are going to kind of needle him a little bit here and there as well, but Koshi did offer some of these. I mean, most of his commentary was really offered up by himself. He clearly came in with a plan somewhat to discredit the comments and and, and kind of, you know, diminish what Treadway was trying to say and just kind of brush it aside and 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 really as we saw with the um traders appearance on the 5AA sports show it's it's funny how it's all just filtering through 5AA different shows um but you know his appearance on the 5AA sports show last evening um it didn't go away and it's actually just really just riled people up more but it really was um you know he he kind of cost. I'd, it would be interesting to hear if he actually listened to the the podcast of Traders, and you know, really, it shouldn't have been difficult. It was only twenty minutes, but, um, you know, he just mentioned, oh, it's round three. You know, for God's sake, you know, like kind of just like, oh, for God's sake, shut up, it's round three. And Treaders says on in all his, in his appearances, he's just like, it's it's not just round three. It's round three in ten years. It's ten years plus three rounds. All of this, you know, Treaders. He's, he hasn't come out like we haven't been to finals for four years in a row and played in the grand final and been playing riveting football and the fans haven't been offside. You know, if we'd been playing just great footy for four years and the fans were on board, like you know, like the fans of Ted Lasso, you know, like just just really on board and it was all good vibes and everything and people were happy, we wouldn't be here. That's the context of, it. and that's why first that first comment from Kosh just pissed me off because. The context is so much more than just these three rounds this year and the performance last week and the performance against Collingwood. If it was just that, if we'd had some great years and we just had a rough start, we wouldn't even be here. We'd just be like, oh, geez, we just we need to get things rolling. We'll be fine. There are just so many, so many patterns and and you know runs of form and and just and and trends in this in this side and in the coaching and in the in the administration, all that that have just really started bubbling in the last four or five years, probably ever since Kosh ironically actually got had one of those moments where he'd put some Port Adelaide style demands on the players after that 2017 um, elimination final loss ever since then there's just been this you know because I, I don't know if that was because he decided to change his tact from that I don't know but there's the disconnect's been building really a lot since then um 
So it just shows how much, and I think Kosh internally knows that, but he's trying to, he's doing his politically, he's doing his politicking on it. He's he's trying to push a narrative that, you know, Treadray's a, you know, just a freaking out because of three rounds and he's an unstable kind of, you know, he's an you know, unreliable narrator, as we say in the writing world, you know. Um, he's not, he doesn't understand the what's going on, but he does. And, and, and Treadray says that very articulately on his both his appearances on the radio and and the podcast. So that was the one one factor that pissed me off. And then he goes on and says, you know, Ken and the team need to get on with the job, which is just what they've been saying for it's been the party line for four or five years now. Um, but then he, again, he says, you know, it's just it's crazy to have that opinion of the of what Warren is saying. But so again, he's using he's using some verbiage, you know, crazy for God's sake. All this stuff that he's saying is trying to push again an, an idea um, of where Warren is at in the in the in the discourse that he that he's that he's outside he's you know he's got his opinions but then in there all these other people have got their opinions like Jared Waitley and Kane Corns like they've got their opinions of the complete opposite so you should listen to them too um but the fact is all the fan, most of the fans um whether they agree with Warren and all things in his life or not are pretty pretty steadfast in their agreements on on where Warren's at with this so um, and then he makes another little snide remark about how Warren's got a pro- podcast to promote, which, while true, he's he's making appearance, he's getting his media game going again after a year off for uh, the, you know, some of the vaccine stuff and whatever. And and you know, it's a point you can, but he's making that point in a derogatory way. He's saying, oh, he's he's trying to get his clicks, he's trying to do this. Um, he makes a little laugh, and you know, David and Will have their little laugh, and obviously they're going to be fucking yucking it up because they're a bunch of crow, wank- they're a couple of crow wankers, so they're going to have be having that opinion too. Um, so the whole appearance from Kosh on this, um, was very much, it was very, it was, me- it was certainly pre premeditated. Um, and there was, a, there was, and it, to me, it speaks to more of this disconnect. He's come on to defend his, co- which fine if he wants to defend Ken, like whatever, but he's come on to defend Ken and discredit a player that does have a lot of, um, credits in the bank with Port fans. And he's trying to, he's, he's, Rather than try to address the disconnect and all this stuff that Treadray's talked about, he's actually just making it worse. Like he could address this stuff in a far more measured term and say, "Look, these these things that he's said are concerning. Do I agree? No, but I should, maybe we should need to look into it more." This is what good administration would do. Good administration takes on that criticism and, and works with it. What we're seeing is more and more of the the doors to the castle being barred and the moats dug and the and the battlements then the battlements um, you know armed and all that stuff from the the, the castle of Kosh rather than um, any real internal retrospection and that's what's really concerning to me when I see this kind of appearance from Kosh in response to this it's just it's just all discredit 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 rather than look at the stuff and and Kosh is the central part of this disconnect that you know this is the thing the ken stuff was really just a small part of what treadray's podcast was about it was more about the disconnect that's come from all of this over the last couple of years so it was really quite concerning um how kosh kind of responded to it for me and and i'm someone that's um you know i've you know a lot of people have been on the get rid of kosh for years thing and, and you know i and i've understood their points of view i haven't come out too much because it's just it's just um but you know now that you really it's really starting to become more pronounced, and um and I and I credit the people that have been on it for longer because 
you know, and I I try to see as much of the good in situations as possible, and that's probably some some sometimes to a detriment to me. Um, but certainly the people that have been on it for longer, um, certainly their points are being validated, and that's I, and you don't want to say that. I'm sure all those people would rather see us win a premiership with Kosh, and uh, well, now they I think people just want them gone, but. You know, if you saw Kosh and Gann and all them lifting the Premiership Cup and everyone happy and that they'd happily just say, yeah, cool, they, they, um, we're wrong, but we got what we wanted to as fans. We got a Premiership. But this is the thing is their points their points of the fact that Kosh is a major part of the problem are being validated by this kind of response to something as pointed as what Treadray is saying. We should be... Treadray's position in Port Adelaide history for fans and the player and the club should be respected a bit more than what Kosh showed there and and ultimately ironically for Kosh this speaks exactly to what Ken uh, uh, the Treadrow was saying in the show and on the show and on the pod, on his podcast about the disconnect that's that's occurring currently at the club and Treadrow's response on uh, 5AA the next day was quite reasoned and, and I think well articulated again as I said before um, he kind of he he didn't in, in, uh, articulate what I said before as well that he doesn't not sure that they listened and he, he actually used the word gaslighting which you know isn't far off what you know kind of um, the way Koshi was dimin- diminishing his his credibility and the way he did it was pretty much he's saying I've heard from many that they think he's crazy and and when uh, um, David and Will mentioned that you know he's a past legend and you know Koshi goes oh he's one of many and which is true. But he Treaders does have a station. Um, you know, Port Adelaide's got a lot of legends in its history. Treaders Station is pretty up there in that in that tier. Like if you're going to rank uh, Port Adelaide legends throughout history, and um, Treadray is going to be right up there for what he did for the AFL sides, and as well as the fact he's he's one of few that um, you know he's got a he's got a Port Adelaide premiership in both the SNFL and the AFL. Um, so, you know, that's, there's a, there's, there's something to that. So, you know, he, but I think he, he doesn't, he, he refrains from getting into anything too personal like Kosh did. He doesn't call him, he just says, I'm calling like I see it. And this is the way, this is the way I see it. And there's a lot of people that agree with me. And interestingly, Tim Ginevra's right next to him. You know, Treaders is in studio here and, you know, Ginevra's right next to him. Ginevra's still, you know, he's got his involvement at the club. He turns up for club events and, I assume I have to ask people that have been to the games this year. He's still doing the halftime thing as well, so he's he's involved. And there's a lot of agreement between Treaders and Tim. And you know, Tim kind of says, you know, Gosh, he does have to stand up a little bit more because, you know, you you know, ignore the white noise at your peril, essentially. Um, and again, this is like I haven't even mentioned the name Hinkley for much of this much of this podcast because a lot of this stuff has become that you know the Hinkley thing is kind of symptomatic of a larger issue. Um, and it kind of seems to all be blowing up now with, you know, Treader's, you know, his approach to the board and being kind of shut out of that. And, you know, at the time when that news broke, I was like, I was waiting for more context to it. And this is what it is. I didn't want to comment on it straight away because I wasn't sure if, you know, Treader's had gone down the appropriate channels to get the, get the, the, the spot on the board or what, what was the case there. Um, but it does seem like there was possibly, possible the possibility of, you know, the people, Koshi and, and the board and some people there that, um, didn't want him on the board for this exact reason that he was going to challenge ideas and that's what we should need to be doing you know Brett Kirk said it and we need to come together and challenge whatever his fucking uh, viral thing was when he joined seven footy but you know exchange ideas and exchange energy and all that stuff um 
but you know, and he, he and Treaders is kind of half alluded to. I can't remember if it was in the podcast or one of the radio appearances that the um the board there is a little bit of division between the board and even Koshi that the board had kind of insinuated that you know Port won't stand in their way in Hinkley's way if he wants to go if another club comes and and Kosh kind of Koshi kind of squash that in the sense of like he's really going into bat for his man and that's what it seems like is that Koshi just really wants to die on this heel of of Hinkley and and has almost made a point to make an enemy out of the the discord the discontent and it just seems to be a weird hill to die on like, like you know Kosh could have a could have had a good legacy at Port with what is that and Treaders even mentions that again you know he he says, you know, you know, Duncan and Co. You know, fought like hell to get to Adelaide Oval, and he said that the the current administration has done a great job in in advancing things since then. But at a certain point, he said he's he said he sees it breaking apart, and that's what sometimes happens: is you have a good run, and you keep trying to do it, but you you get so wrapped up in your own little echo chamber that you forget what got you there in the first place, and that's what kind of seems to be happening, and what Treaders is alluding to here as well. And you know, they they. They mentioned the you know the the Foss Williams um, written stuff, not the creed, but the other thing about you know clearing out the no hopers and the ones that are there just there for the social life and all that stuff. And unfortunately, as much as I hate to say it, because you'd never want to say it about your club when they've got those kind of expectations, but it does whether that's the truth behind the matter, what's going on behind closed doors, I don't. I'm not privy to any of that. But at least from the outside, that's just how it feels. It feels like we have accepted. A standard that is be- a little bit below what we got us to where we are and why we are the Port Adelaide we are, and and it is sad that in a week that we finally got to wear the prison bars in a showdown, in a sold out showdown, that this is kind of the narrative that's come out of it, and that's the thing. And then we also saw Tim Jennifer say, I can't remember what day it was, that he's heard from a lot of um, former players that he doesn't want to see them wear that, like just don't even wear it if that's what you're gonna gonna put out and that stuff. You know, and we shouldn't be seeing that from former players. I'm just trying to find the exact quote from Geneva. It's um of what what they said about the yeah. Um, so yeah, Timmy G says plenty of former football players have thoughts about seeing the Magpies jumper in the AFL. A lot of them are saying if you're not going to respect it and play in it the way you should, we shouldn't I actually don't want you to wear it. And that's we never want to hear that from former players. And you know, it is what it is. Like the the jumper, the idea of the jumper is to celebrate the history, right? You know, it's, you know. That error is gone, but we need to respect that history and at least show up in it. And I think the manner of the loss is what really hurt and, and is kind of just led to this real blow-up. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting place that we find ourselves now because it's become much more than Hinkley now. And I think that, that is the core of it, is that we still want to see some the improvement in the on-field product and we just don't know if there's a way through with Hinkley now, and you know Josh Carr's name keeps coming up, and Treadray's mentioned that as well. That the Josh Carr seems to be the likely candidate to have a crack at it as an at least as an interim coach and see where he can go. And why not now? Well, you know that's what Treadray's kind of opinion seems to be, and and fair enough too. Um, but yeah, the Malays is just it's just been such a long time now. Um, again, I believe Hinkley as a coach. Um, could be a decent. He's a decent. He probably just, he's probably just a overqualified assistant. Maybe that's probably where he's at. He's an overqualified assistant, and you know, underqualified. You know, just he's right there. He's just a great assistant coach, and that's where you know. What did Mark Williams do when he, he just left and just was an incredible assistant coach and has an has been an integral part of a couple of different premiership sides. You know, Mark Williams has had that career since leaving us, and he had a long, distinguished career with us as well. 
you know, that's the kind of career that, you know, Ken Hinckley could go on to. And I think that's just my feeling would be you do that unless he just it just doesn't have the the feel like just doesn't have the desire to continue in that kind of role but if he loves footy and loves coaching that's kind of where he, it seems like he should be but he'll probably there's going to be other clubs out there that'll take that his probably take him as a head coach um and he might have some success there as well but whether he's whether he's a premiership winning coach i just don't think he's ever going to be at port adelaide now and again i think i said this last year on the podcast i'll get a yes we can tattoo if he somehow turns it around and we get there um happily and I'll happily eat my words on that. But just at the moment and where we're at, I just don't see it happening. And uh, and I just think that we've given the the tenure again. It's the, it's the length of the tenure that is the is the sticking point for me and I know many people that no, this is a historical event now. How long we've given him to have a shot at winning a premiership for us? And we're and it's not like we're looking up right now. We're looking down the barrel of another bad year. Um, and last year we were at this point last year after round three the shit hit the fan and the fact we're there again um kind of speaks to exactly what Treadwell was saying um and it's just unfortunate and and incredibly disappointing and it, and it sucks as a and just personally just to finish up on it I guess personally as a fan it just sucks seeing uh the club in this in this place now um you don't want to see you just want to see your club playing footy and you know we all understand the ups and downs of the draft cycles and 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 premiership windows and all that stuff and we've and we've kind of accepted that across the years, but when we've got the good list and we've made the moves with the list management and done all that stuff and given up draft picks to get players in, and and you know, Ken himself is saying the list is in the best place it's ever been and all that all that hoopla and all the talk and talk and talking and we're just not seeing the walking, it's um, that's why we're where we are. And you know, it's funny. I'm like I'm situated over here in the US and I see uh you know I see watch Sports Center and a. I see, you know, media already putting the pressure on Bill Belichick, um, which if people don't know, he's been the New England Patriots coach for 22 years now, I think, off the top of my head, um, taking him to, you know, nine, oh, I think it's nine Super Bowl games, um, and he's won six of them, obviously Tom Brady at the helm, Tom Brady left a couple of years ago, and he's, I think he's got a 500, exactly 500 record since then, um, and gone to the playoffs once, but with a with a quarterback that's questionable, and you know people are already putting the pressure on him. If he can't turn it, you know, if he can't get it going in the next year or two, is he is he going to be gone? It's just like this is the greatest coach in the history of the game here we're talking about, and they're already putting the pressure on him. So it kind of just gives you the the just the the um, the comparison there is just unreal. That we we're talking, you're talking about a coach like that and those that light. Whereas you know there's this idea that we're being unfair to Ken by questioning his position at this point. And it shouldn't be questioned. It should be absolutely challenged. And that's what Treadray is trying to do. And and the club is somehow coming out and um, unfortunately seeming to batten down the hatches rather than have an open discussion about it. And that's what's frustrating to me because I I think most people would see my position as someone that tries to be have a reasonable discussion about it. And I hope that I've brought that to the table here. But you know that's what I want to see is open dialogue and 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 an engagement to an engagement and a dedication to try and be better rather than um and that's what you know Hinckley's position should should be justifiably challenged right now and uh, it just seems to be the club isn't willing to do that and um that's what's disappointing so that's really all I have to say about it at this point I've gone on for almost 50 minutes here and I'm sure I've missed something um but really that's that's where we're at and that's un- it's unfortunate because um 
you know, we went into the season, even after week one, we were feeling good. And, you know, Jason Orton Francis coming in and, you know, Junior Rioli and all that stuff. We just had, you know, we were start, we were just starting to hope for something more and, you know, the development of Rosie and all those guys and, you know, Boke in his twilight years and just all feels like it's already just falling apart for another year of another wasted year. And that's not what we wanted. And, but sadly, it's what we all feared and, and none of us are surprised. And that's kind of sums up why we're, um, so frustrated with the position the clubs put us in as fans um so then it's they need to start listening to the white noise because it's gonna it's only gonna get louder if uh if um this kind of trend of d- disconnect and discontent continues so that's about it um as always can't the pair um a little bit less energy in it right now but that's just how it is <laughs>